and welcome to Stationary Adjacent, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. My name is Justin Twyford, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Stu Lennon. Hey, Stu, how are you? Long time no talk. <laughs> I'm very, very well, thank you, Justin. And how are you? I'm great uh, in those couple of days since we recorded the last one. We uh, are scheduling back to where we normally are, so that's why we're uh, doing two episodes in a week. Uh, but a little bit of follow-up first question for you. I know you went through this. I've been bombarded over the last couple of days with a bunch of emails from Hover telling me domains, 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 it's renewal time. I know you went through a process of looking at your domains. How did you decide which to let go? Um, well, I suppose it's, it's, it's the Mary Kondo approach. Um, you know, which ones bring me joy? So no, um, I use several domains, so clearly I wanted to keep those. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it's, I suppose it's geographic. If you are a UK-based business or website, then you face the choice of, should I try and register a .com or a .net, which is very sort of worldwide, high-level domain, top-level domain, or should I go for .co.uk, which is traditionally what a British business would have. And whichever way you go, you then immediately think, oh, should I protect my .co.uk with .com? Mm -hmm. Lest your business become, you know, highly successful, but then somebody else registers the .com and people automatically think, oh, it's StuartLennon.co, oh, it's .com, isn't it? And find yourself in a position where people who are looking for you can't find you. Now, that's the thought process you go through. The reality is that people just go, oh, no, it's not .com, it's .co.uk, and then they find you. <laughs> so nothing actually happens. Um, but domain registrars will tell you, well, you should probably have .biz. You never know. You might be losing customers. Uh, so I did that with several domains where I had you know, lots of different uh, suffixes for the same name. And I let some of the more obscure ones go. That was easy. Uh -huh. I'd also registered some aspirational um, domains. So the hero in my never-ending, one day will be finished, I promise, novel, um, is his name is Sean Rutherford. So I registered a load of domains for him because when I first started writing the novel, I thought, well, I'll write 30 or 40 in this series, probably by next week. <laughs> and I'll, I'll have uh, a website for him, uh, merch, you know, you can have your Sean Rutherford t-shirts, um, which, you know, was, a, was a fantastic idea. And if you're going to dream, dream big. Uh -huh. Um, but the, the reality is if I finish the novel, I'll be delighted. Uh, whether I've got another 29 of them in me, I don't know. <laughs> so I've let those go. And, uh, some other ones that if you, if you're in the market, and you like stationery, you might want to go for these because they're coming up quite soon, I think. Um, I registered punknotes.com and punk.notes and uh, punknotes.rocks uh, and all sorts of funky things because we had a project, uh, myself and a couple of other people in the stationery space, were going to uh, launch a range of notebooks called Punk Notes that were going to be pocket notebooks with very, very strong uh, messaging. So they were going to be neon colored, 
they were going to be slightly chaotic and each edition was going to focus on an obscure eccentric british person from from the past so um i think i, I mentioned before there was a guy called mad jack i can't remember what his surname was uh, so i won't guess but mad jack was uh, in the british army at the time of d-day Ooh. And he marched onto the beaches in Normandy in a kilt <laughs> with his piper, his piper at his side, uh, brandishing a broadsword and charged <laughs> the beach at Normandy. And, uh, and that was the most sensible thing that he ever did. He was a complete whack job. Um, but it's just a fascinating story. So we were going to just, you know, have insert cards and it was going to be a, a sort of feeling. Um, but then for one reason or another, we never did it. Um, and I kept merrily just renewing the domains, paying someone else. It's crazy. If I was going to do it, I would do it. So I didn't do it. So I've, I got to say with the whole punk notes thing, I'm thinking you're ripe for, uh, selling that to an NFT type, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> isn't that the little, what is it? The NFT, crypto kitty, what are tiles? I think they call them the little pictures. I, yes, we're, we're, we're rumbling along on the edge of my competence here, but yes, broadly yes. speaking, I think you're right. Uh, it's something that crosses my Twitter frequently and, uh, I score right past it. Uh, but I know that people pay a heck of a lot of money for this little, um, tile with a picture of a punk on it. And that is an NFT craze and NFT people have far too much money and not enough common sense. Uh, and I'm sorry to those of you that I just offended who are bit, bit bros. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, if you're looking stationary, you're probably not, uh, investing heavily and double downing in, uh, Bitcoin and, uh, the league of Elon Musk. Yeah, absolutely. Although he, he just, just recently battered them, didn't he? By turning around and saying he wasn't going to do it anymore. And the price went, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Crazy. What's your tool of the week uh, this week, Stu? Uh, I believe this is a repeat from the week before. Um, it's the Humble Index card. Um, this week, as you've already alluded to, has been disrupted and disjointed. There have been all sorts of reasons for that for me. Um, and I've been, I think this is probably a common thing at the moment. During lockdown, uh, so much of our lives was controlled that there was very little to go wrong to a certain extent with the obvious exception of the virus itself. But um, as I'm now finding more things are pulling upon my time, the dominoes are stacked. So if one thing goes wrong, my week very quickly starts falling over um, and different tasks get hit by other tasks. And I find myself um, the way I've put it in the in the show notes is overwhelm lurking at every turn. <laughs> there have been a couple of times this week where I've sat there and I'm, I'm I am I am completely snowed, and I know that I've got five things in that email client and three things in that email client that need to be dealt with today. And what order am I going to get? <laughs> I sit down for ten minutes with the index card. This is the big thing. This is the important thing I'm going to do. These are the big rocks that are next. Those are the little things that I'll fit in around them. And I can focus on that and I can forget everything else. So I have 10 minutes of potential overwhelm as I go, oh, there is so much before me. But then 10 minutes of, okay, deal with this logically. 
where are the most important things? Where are the most urgent things? Let's get those onto a card. Let's be sensible and realistic. And let's just survive today. And then tomorrow we'll do it again. Mm. And guess what? It works. You know, I've, I've stress tested the index card. That's been my, my productivity tool of the week. What about you? What have you found useful this week? Well, I think both of us must have had this uh, disrupted, disjointed week. Uh, where yours are dominoes falling, uh, mine are Legos all over the floor and me in bare feet. <laughs> oh, dear. So my, my approach was actually just kind of rolling with it as best I could. But I treated myself to a nice Irish whiskey this week. And one of the most relaxing things that I've done is taken 20 minutes for me at the end of a night just to sit with a nice drink, put on some nice music through the Apple TV and just relax. But I absolutely love the name of this whiskey and it's a fantastic whiskey. It's called Writer's Tears and it's a double oak exclusive Irish whiskey using two woods and two styles of premium Irish whiskey. Uh, absolutely gorgeous. Are, are you a, a Scotch or a whiskey drinker? Um, I, I do drink whiskey, um, of all shades. Um, uh, I, I like the good stuff as it were. Um, I'm probably more of a, a Scotch fan than a, than an Irish fan, hmm. but, uh, I've been known to drink both. Um, in fact, my, uh, grandfather hails from, uh, Tullo in County Carlo, ties into your writer's tears. I think that's where the, uh, the whiskey is made. Yeah, it was a absolutely, uh, you know, it's a, it's a marketing ploy. The writer's tears. Yes, we've mm -hmm. definitely been there, uh, but it is a drink that actually matches up for it. And my, my thought is not so much uh, promoting a particular brand of whiskey, but promoting the freedom to take a few minutes for yourself yeah. to make some time to realize that we don't just have to worry about getting productive and doing it all, sometimes taking that break is actually the best thing that you can do. Absolutely. I think sometimes the, the best thing you can do for productivity is do nothing for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. All right. So what are we going to talk about today, Stu? This is uh, your topic, so I'm not sure how you wanted to introduce it. Uh, yeah, well, uh, today, given that we are, in fact, recording a podcast, um, we'll talk about podcasts, mm -hmm. not what they are. I think we know what they are. If you're listening to this, there's a fairly good chance you know what it is. But um, what do we listen to? When do we listen to them? How do we listen to them? What's happened to them during lockdown? More or less, you know, there's a whole, whole sort of range of questions that we could ask. Um, so I know that you're a big podcast listener. I know that I'm a big podcast listener, but as far as I'm aware... There's no obvious way to go and check out everybody else's podcasts. So, for example, I couldn't tell you what TJ listens to. Mm -hmm. um, although, you know, we talk every week and I know him pretty well. It seems to be a sort of missing link in the podcast world. Ah, the whole sharing. Why can't you find someone that you admire and follow their podcast? There you go. Quick, somebody, somebody trademark that. I'll have to uh, send a message to Marco. Yeah, he's probably the man to do it. He could probably flick a couple of switches and it's done. Well, I'm actually just thinking, you know, because I know how much he hates having any personal information. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. Go, go ahead and build a social uh, social platform, Marco. Uh, yeah, 
Uh, Marco is, for those of you that are not a Apple uh, nerd like us, uh, Marco Armand uh, is the programmer of the podcast uh, player that I listen to called Overcast. Uh, And I want to, we'll find out what uh, Stu listens to in a little bit. Um, So I guess my question is, why do we listen to podcasts? What, what do you, what do you get out of podcasts do? Um, but I enjoy them, um, which I suppose is an obvious, uh, statement. I enjoy the spoken word. I enjoy listening to interesting people. I enjoy educating myself. And I think audio I know this is kind of heresy in the world of productivity, but audio can make an acceptable multitasking option. Uh So I will freely concede that I have listened, in inverted commas, to shows while doing something else and then got to the end of the show and thought, "Mm, I have no idea what that was about. Uh Um, So it's just provided sort of background noise for me. Um, but then also when I'm listening, sometimes I'll hear something perhaps about, um, a piece of technology I'm interested in or a concept that I'm interested in, and it will make me pause what I'm doing. So if I'm really, really looking to concentrate on something, I don't listen to a podcast, but otherwise down here in the office, pretty much all day I have podcasts on. I have podcasts on most of the day. And if I don't have a podcast on, then I'll have some music on. Uh Interesting. What about you? Why do you why do you listen to them? I like to get those as an informed news source in a lot of cases. Um, I don't spend a lot of time reading a newspaper, watching TV, watching YouTube, anything like that. Podcasts, as you said, are a great thing to multitask to. Uh, I've always got a set of headphones. I, I've mentioned before that uh, I bought the stupidly expensive. Uh, Apple AirPods Max or mm-hmm. whatever they're called, uh, the over-ear uh, $800 pair of headphones from Apple because I was creating some family troubles in the fact that I'd have my little AirPods, my collection of AirPods, because, you know, uh, they're like um, uh, Pokemon. You, you've got to collect them all. <laughs> um, I would have those in. My wife would start talking to me and not notice that I had those in and wasn't listening to her. And I'd, eventually uh, get in trouble. Her frustration level would get up because I was ignoring her. And so as a signaling device, I have the big ones. But, you know, when I'm doing any chores, I'm doing any cleaning, I've always got a podcast on and usually uh, just from headphones. What, uh, I listen to them. I enjoy more conversational podcasts. The podcast world has changed of late, uh, I would say. Podcasts that I enjoy are very much like we do here, where we have two people discoursing and sharing opinions and, you know, potentially disagreeing and having an educated discussion on different viewpoints. I enjoy that. I listen to a lot of the same podcasts because I get to know who the hosts are and what their points of views are. And I don't always agree with them. And that's the best part of it is I can understand a lot of things outside of my knowledge through podcasts and through the trust that I give to particular hosts. That's why I listen to them uh, largely. 
I like to listen to them. You know, Stu's talking about when he listens to them, when he's working, etc. I am a numbers guy in a lot of the things I do. And the things that I do, I find I can listen to a podcast while I'm doing numbers. If I'm doing words, I can't listen to podcasts. It goes to music, which is really an odd thing. Okay. Uh, because somebody else talking at the same time I'm doing words is really weird. But I guess because they use different parts of the brain, the sort of creative versus the analytical part. For some reason, if you're working in spreadsheets or accounting numbers, uh, work, working and listening to a podcast, I can get a surprising amount of the content without having it distract me at all. Though like you, I'm probably, you know, a bit, a bit of a, well, what, what do you call them? A meerkat cubicle dweller. As soon as you hear anything interesting, your attention perks up off what you're doing back onto the mm -hmm. podcast. Uh, but it's, it's kind of rare, you know, it's, it, most of the stuff I'm listening to, I don't need to be that, um, involved in it. Like you would be watching a YouTube video. It's something that I can do supplemental to other tasks that I'm doing, which is important because I think looking at our lists here, both of us have more podcasts in our podcatchers than we ever could possibly listen to. Um, I don't know about that. I mean, I'm going to, I think I'm saved by the fact that some of the ones I listen to are, uh, they're not weekly. Uh, and that, that sort of bails me out. But I would say, looking at my list now, I've just removed one because it, I don't listen to it. Um, but of the ones that are there, I listen to them all. Some of them are finished. And I think probably the best way to do this is let's have a look. Because we've, we've done some categories, um, which I just copied Jules and then added one. Mm -hmm. um, and it's probably more interesting if we just, just run through sure. the common ones and then the different ones. Those, those are the ones I'm most interested. I want to quiz you on the ones that I don't listen to. Yeah, perfect. Uh, what I wanted to ask though is how do you listen to podcasts? You listen on your phone, you listen on a Mac, um, where, what application do you use? What settings do you use? Because I think that's also really, really important for podcasts. Yeah. So, um, I, um, I'm a perennial worrier. Uh, I mostly listen to Overcast, mm -hmm. but I'd really like to listen to Apple Podcasts uh, just because most of my listening is done in the office on the HomePods mm -hmm. uh, and it would be easier just to bark at them than it is to run uh, Overcast through uh, Airplay 2. But that's what I do at the moment. I listen on Overcast with SmartSpeed uh, through the HomePods. Um, the other thing is I walk the dogs. And so when I'm walking the dogs, I take my phone and listen on overcast with my AirPods. Mm. Which AirPods do you have? Uh, I have the AirPods Pro. Um, so the slightly longer ones. And when I'm walking the dogs, I have it in transparent mode so I can hear, hear what's going on. Uh, a traffic and B snakes. Uh, <laughs> uh, things that I don't have to think about. <laughs> uh, like you, I listen to overcast. I have. Uh, I, I love my HomePods for their sound. I have basically given up trying to get uh, the lady in the tube to do anything properly. Um, I, mean, I mean, to give you an idea of how ridiculous it is, I have two of the large HomePods on my office desk for the music and the, the podcasts. Right next to them, 
I actually have a little Amazon Echo. And the Echo does all the work. If I want to turn the lights on, I talk to the Echo. I don't talk to the, the HomePods. And that is absolutely hilarious and pathetic at the same time. Uh, but, you know, that's the way that uh, the efficiency seems to work best for me. So I'm just kind of used to passing everything over with the HomePods, uh, pass, putting it on my phone with Overcast and just bouncing it over to whichever, whichever one I happen to be listening to. I have... Uh, uh, I'm a little spoilt, so I have a different desk in a different room. Uh, that's where my recording is that I'm doing at the moment. And I also have another set of HomePod minis there that I can also do the same thing to, rather than trying to coordinate everything through Apple. It's just easier to use Overcast. Uh, and I do think Overcast is probably one of the best applications out there. I do agree. Um, I'm, I'm a... I'm a subscriber to it. I was into, they do a couple of things. One of those is, is a, a smart speed. So you can, you have a lot more finite control over how quickly you want to listen to your podcast. I'm usually listening to a conversational podcast, not all podcasts, but a conversational podcast at plus 40%. And that speeds it up. But I also use, uh, Marco has a great uh, programming tool where he reduces the silences in between words and he doesn't just remove them he actually uh, has an algorithm that reduces them proportionally to the length of the silence mm -hmm. so if Stu and i quietly sit here for five seconds it may take three of those out if there's a one second pause it may just take 0.3 of that out or whatever his algorithm works so it's still very very listenable to to uh, what you're doing I happen to be messing around uh, with my Overcast app, thinking about this episode. And since I started using that app, uh, I have saved 448 hours on top of smart speed just by removing the uh, blanks, uh, the blank spaces out of a podcast, which really is scary to think about how much I must have actually listened to get to that number. But um, yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive. Do you know your number off the top, Stu? I don't actually. I mean, the thing I would say about smart speed is that when I when I first started using or listening to podcasts, I started on Overcast, and I assumed that I didn't have smart speed switched on until I listened to the same podcasts on a different mm -hmm. app. Um, I think it would have been podcast by Apple, and I thought, where are all these pauses coming from? Was everybody just sort of sitting there not saying anything because it very quickly it was so naturally done in overcast i just assumed that everybody was speaking uh without pausing mm -hmm. and that you know everybody was not scripted but so familiar with each other that it was just flowing now as i started recording more podcasts myself i realized that wasn't the case it doesn't work like that however it's so well done that i only notice it when i when i stop it i.e when i listen somewhere else um and I, I really tried because I, for the exact reason you say, I wanted my my sort of Apple world just to work for me so that I could do uh, exactly as the dream is and just tell it to play me in my podcasts. Um, but when you do, I mean, it it still you know plays episode one of the Mac Power users. You know, <laughs> I'm thinking, well, you know, the last one I listened to was number seven hundred and blah 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 why would you now play the episode one? Oh, so I do exactly the same as you and, and play it through. Um, 
the the AirPlay Two, but I don't I don't subscribe anymore. Um, I had an account, uh, and now I don't have one. I don't think with Overcast, <laughs> and I can't I can't honestly say that I've noticed any difference. No, it's really just uh, some of the ads. Uh, I do it much like I support other creators. Um, there's an app I use. There's a guy that's putting a lot of effort into making it. Mm-hmm. I want to throw just a small amount of bones his way uh, to enable him to continue doing what he does. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I agree with you. <sighs> right then. So where should we start? Let Should we start? As we're here, we may as well start with the tech because um, we're talking about Marco and being very nice about it. Um, uh, so what have we got in common? I'm, I'm looking at mine. We've got ATP. I'm sure you must be an ATP man. Oh, yes, there we are. ATP. Accidental yes. Tech Podcast. The bootleg feed. Oh, you, are you a subscriber, are you? Yes, I am. And uh, uh, more weeks than not, I'm wearing some sort of ATP merch. Um, That's one of my one of my favorite shows. Okay. I, I would agree with you. And I assume like me, um, we just wait while Casey babbles on. We wait for the words of wisdom from Syracuse. <laughs> you know what? I, I love all three of them. They are just uh, an amazing thing. Uh, so ATP Accidental Tech Podcast is a very, very geeky Mac focused. Uh, the three guys are programmers in the Mac universe. They are bloggers. They're done really well for themselves. Absolutely smart people. They get into the weeds about Mac, but the way they present it is so accessible. You don't have to be a programmer to listen to it and understand the conversations and the topics. Um, they're lo- I mean, they, they are long hours of conversations. They're usually running about two hours a week mm-hmm. and they do just a, such a fantastic job. Everybody is witty. They're funny. Um, yeah, if you if you haven't listened to it and you use a Mac, I'd strongly recommend that you add that into to your playlist. It's a, it's a great show. Absolutely, I echo all of that. Um, okay, so what else have we got? We've got uh, connected and upgrade. They are um, Hurley and Hackett, so uh, Relay FM shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say probably yeah, a different a different level uh, from ATP. Yeah. Um, I, I, I sort of, they're sort of light listening in comparison to ATP. Yeah. Uh, upgrade focuses a little more on the upcoming trends. They, they talk about Apple products, uh, particularly, but they also look at, uh, the streaming developments and some of the things that are a little bit outside of Apple. And I find that's, uh, my curly Jason Snell, they put together a really good show. My Monday afternoon involves listening to that. That's kind of my routine that I've got, mm-hmm. uh, connected is Stephen Hackett, Mike Hurley and Federico Vitici. And that is focused a lot more on Apple tech, um, they are three friends that have a very, very good banter to them. And I really enjoy Mike Hurley's laugh uh, is absolutely infectious when they're just teasing each other and a very, very, very good, enjoyable conversational show. I listen to that. That comes out on a Wednesday. I listen to that. Ironically, uh, Wednesday night is when I clean. I have some rabbits and some chinchillas. I clean all their cages, and that's what I listen to when I do that. So I have routines associated with what I do when I listen to some of these too, which uh, Mm. now that I think about it is part of my listening habits. For sure. 
Um, what else have we got? Well, one difference. Um, I listen to the talk show and you don't. No, uh, John Gruber, right? Yeah. John Gruber. I've heard about it. I just haven't, haven't quite got the time for that one. Yeah. I mean, Gruber, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, writes a blog called Daring Fireball that's been around since, well, since time began, but certainly since blogs began. Uh, he's, uh, he's a very, very smart guy. Um, he's quite opinionated. His podcast can ramble. It can go on for hours. Um, he nearly always has a guest on, um, somebody from the world of, of Apple tech. Uh, and they kind of chew the fat, you know, whatever's new, whatever's exciting. Um, but as I say, it can go on for a long, long time, which I don't mind. <laughs> but uh, for some people, I think, yeah, they find it a bit annoying. And I have, I do fall out of love with the talk show every now and again. It's one of the ones that gets cut from my list when I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed. Uh, we didn't mention uh, Mac Power users. I was I was just going to come to that. Yes, the this is... Both of us listened to that. The OG. Um David Sparks, um, and now Stephen Hackett. I miss Katie. Yeah, Katie Floyd. Katie Floyd, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That was, there was a wonderful chemist- chemistry between those two. Um, but I think Stephen Hackett's done really well too. Oh, he has. And it is pro- proper geekery around the Mac. Um, and, well, the, you know, everything associated. So if you like what we talk about, you're probably going to like quite a lot of things that David talks about, particularly because he's he's got a little stationary adjacent thing going on on the side there. Mac Power Users probably is one of the more practical Mac-based podcasts that's out there. I think is the way I would describe it. Mm-hmm. If you go in there, you're going to learn something about a program that you haven't used before, or perhaps a deep dive on it. And that will be very helpful for your understanding what that Mac hardware looks like and what the Mac software is currently available. I know they've just done, uh, PKM is a big project that Stu and I are talking about and wondering when we're going to discuss that in an episode, personal knowledge management. That's things like Notion, Roam, Obsidian. They've done a deep dive for two hours on each one of those, um, those programs. Uh, and they are very, very good sort of primers for, Hey, is this something I want to get into more? And Stephen and Dave both have excellent chemistry as well. They're both very knowledgeable. They've got a good sense of humor, very, very listenable show. Yep. Okay. Next one, Mac and Forth. You've got to listen to that. I've never heard of that one. Yeah, you've got to listen to that one. That was that came to me from it came from the 1857 Slack, Ooh. and it was um, Teresa or Teresa, as you would probably say, in, and that's how the world um, who put me onto it. So an, an American listener put me onto a British podcast. There you go. It's. I suppose it's it's Britain's answer to ATP in a way, with a sort of a good dose of British understatement. It, it's lighter hearted, maybe a little less reverential. Hmm. Let's put it like that. But it's it's a fun listen, uh, and certainly people people from uh, your neck of the woods tend to find it quite funny just for the accents because you've got three sort of different English accents. I'll have to check that one out. The guy that leads it is a van driver. Um, he, he delivers stuff for a living. Um, there's a developer. And then I don't know what um, Alan does. 
don't know what he does, but that to, to my British ears, they sound much more normal. <laughs> I, th- I think of, you know, Casey Liss and Marco Arm and, and John Circus as kind of celebrities, whereas the guys at Mac and Forth I'd expect to bump into in a bar. Um, it's, I, I guess that's, you know, just the exoticness of accent, isn't it? It is, yeah. Cool. I'm going to have to check that one out, download it and give it a listen. Sure. And the one I'm most interested that I've never really touched base with you is Grumpy Old Geeks. Sounds right up my street. (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's uh, Jason DeFilippo and Brian Schulmaster. They've been doing it for many, many years. Um, They talk, uh, basically, uh, they rip into everything that is wrong on the internet. Um, And they, you know, they're discussions range from crypto and uh, you know news developments in in the world uh jason moves from mac to pc to whatever he's uh, a little all over the place he likes his toys uh but they have a very good chemistry uh, there's uh, a lot of joking around they talk about they've got a security segment so they'll come on and talk about security with a uh, dave bittner uh, from the cyberwire who comes on and talks about um the different things there are a couple of old guys uh, sort of our age and uh they're just really funny um and they're it's it's not a necessarily safe for work uh, i think they're probably one of the few podcasts that uses the explicit tag uh, but it is a fun way to go um i guess you know they've they grew up with similar musical tastes to myself there's a lot of things that i can kind of see in common of the way that we grew up they're both programmers by trade and uh, have have sort of moved on so uh, it's it's a great a great uh, podcast to listen to cool you never listened to it eh no i don't think i have i may have listened to one app i'm not sure but um i'm definitely going to try because yeah it's it's, a- it's one of those you might need to give it a couple of episodes to kind of get hmm. the the rhythm of it you know what that's like for sure. Um, I suppose, okay, let's, let's get an easy one out of the way. News. Um, uh, you've got Up First, which I've never heard of. Um, the Daily, which is, uh, hi, I'm Michael Barbaro. That's a yeah. I listened to that for a while and then went, I don't live in New York. This is ridiculous. Um, and Baseball Tonight, which clearly is, I have no idea what any of that means. <laughs> uh, so, I just try to get a little bit of news up first is sort of 12 to 15 minutes, which when you uh, speed it up is, is very good to get a headline. Look, they're both American stations. Mm-hmm. NPR is basically nonprofit radio down in the States. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, maybe a little bit uh, blue leaning, but it gives a pretty decent view of what's happening in the world. And you know, that's, there's enough, uh, global coverage that that's a great one that I can listen to in the morning. The daily is a half hour deeper dive on a subject. And I look at that one every day and I don't always listen to it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So I'm, I, I, I listen to it, I download it. Uh, and I say, is this something that I want to do a deep dive in? And some of the things, you know, when it gets into the nuances of the, um, the voting rights in a particular state been changed because of this political thing that has no relevance to me, but a lot of the deep dives uh, go into just a little bit more detail than you're going to get in headlines. So I look at it as uh, up first is my headlines. Uh, the daily is 
sort of the deep dive and baseball tonight. Wait, you, you don't listen to an hour of baseball every day, Stu. Uh, well, no, I mean, as I think we briefly touched on and you probably edited out because, um, you know, you, do, you don't want the audience to lynch you. Uh, baseball is based on rounders, which is a game that, that little girls play in England. <laughs> Why would I want to know about that? Mm. Um, baseball tonight. I it's about a 45 minutes to an hour podcast. What I tend to do is listen to the first 10 minutes every day and get the headlines again. It's just news consumption that I can do while I'm doing other things. Mm -hmm. And then I'll decide, okay, is there anything interesting that I want to do a deeper dive on? What are they going to be talking about? A lot of it is kind of the same thing rehashed with different guests. If you're really into baseball, it's a great place to go. I don't have that much time, so it's one of those um, scan things, listen to the headlines, and then decide if I want to continue or not. Yeah, I'm, I found, I mean, I used to listen to some sports podcasts, and um, I ended up sort of giving them up because I don't watch enough sports anymore. So I'm, I'm you know, I love sport, certain sports, particularly rugby, big thing for me. I used to play a lot, and I, I really enjoy watching it. But I, I, I just don't anymore. And it's, you, you kind of listen to it with a detached ear, hear about, you know, two, two teams that you haven't seen play in many years. And you think, yeah, okay, I'm not that particularly that interested. Um, but for my news, um, first thing I, I, I do bellow at the smart speaker in the morning and ask it to, uh, to, to give me the news. And it gives me the news from the BBC, um, which is, uh, it's short. For some reason, the BBC has decided that its news for smart speakers needs to be very accessible, hmm. which is sometimes a bit annoying. I'm thinking, you know, we're, we're not stupid. <laughs> Stop talking down to us. <laughs> uh, I listen now. This is a recent discovery. Actually. I I take The Economist, so I subscribe to The Economist magazine, <laughs> which is a, a weekly news magazine. Um, and I now listen to their sort of morning briefing, which is very short, probably 10 minutes, I'd say tops, sort of tiny little snippets of, you know, what's happened in the world. And I also listen to their weekly podcast. They, they've got hundreds of podcasts. You have to be so careful because if you tick the subscribe to everything, then your feed just disappears in an avalanche of, of economist podcasts. Are these subscriber only podcasts? Yes. Ah, the, okay. um, the economist morning briefing is, and the editor's picks, I believe is as well. And the other one that I listen to is uh, the Inquiry or the Inquiry, which is a BBC podcast, and it's one, uh, if you like, news item for expert views. So um, they they bring in sort of opposing views, and and at the end of it, try and come up with an answer to to whatever the question was. And I'm quite enjoying that. That's pretty interesting. Cool. But I, I'd like to try and avoid now the sort of daily news feed that you get from from the news channels. I, I think it was CGP Grey who talks about weekly news. There's a little bit more perspective in it. You know, you tend to look back at what happened a couple of days ago. Uh, the, the pieces are written with less sort of urgency and fury that you might find in the daily news. I think that idea was that uh, Tim Harford that talks about the perspective on news. 
if you listen to your hourly news, they're trying to get your attention, usually through the most negative thing that is mm-hmm. going to get a click. If you look at the daily news, if you if you scale that back, the news becomes a lot less excitable and a lot more informative. Hmm. You know, if you look, took a look at a yearly news, what was what was twenty twenty like? Well, you've got positives and negatives in there. Sure. You know, in twenty twenty one, the story of twenty one twenty one, hopefully for some places already, is that things are opening up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you looked at that on a daily basis in the beginning of the year, uh, you know, it was uh, the second doom. You know, the things were getting crazy and and so forth. And and certainly there are some areas that are still getting that now. I don't want to dismiss that. Sure. But perhaps with the perspective, the further back you get. So I can completely understand looking at a weekly news. Uh, makes a little bit more sense from your positivity point of view yeah yeah that's definitely uh, how it's working for me i mean i have to i disagree with a lot of the stuff the economist says but that that doesn't bother me i mean i, I quite enjoy reading views that i know are not just echoes of my own mm. i used to love the economist until i realized that i had a pile of them that i just did not have the time to read on a weekly basis and got rid of it yeah it, i mean it is a commitment there is no doubt i mean th- I have to say they have slowly, it did take them a while, they have embraced um, the modern world much better over the last couple of years. So you can actually now listen to the magazine. Yeah. Oh, that's good. It's it's just a huge commitment. Time They, they put out a lot of words. They, they certainly do. They are big on words. Big on words. Um, uh, one more news thing that I listened to, uh, Tech Meme Ride Home. It is a tech scented daily news podcast about 15 minutes a day uh, at the end of the day summarizing what's happened in the tech world um, you know that's a lot of valuations and news i always i'm a geek so i find that stuff really interesting uh, have you ever listened to that at all no i heard the ads i think mostly on atp and mpu um and i always thought oh i must listen to that one time but of course you know ride home doesn't really apply to me because i don't ride anywhere and b it would be at the wrong time for me so uh, mm, yes, I've, I mean I, I agree with your earlier statement. We're probably both at the point where if we start listening to something new, then probably something old has to drop off the list. <laughs> we're quite close to full. That's about it. I suppose we must really now talk about productivity, given uh, given what we talk about on a regular basis. Uh, the deep questions with Cal Newport. That is a fairly recent podcast he started last year, mm-hmm. and. Cal puts out content like you would not believe. Would you agree with that? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, two episodes a week. So he's putting out two, basically two hours of content a week. Uh, I think his stuff is very, very good. Part of the reason that I wanted to do this show though, is that his stuff is quite opinionated. He is an academic. His viewpoints certainly come from an area that has a lot of flexibility and and unfortunately i i hate to say that with uh, you know nothing against any of the other shows a lot of the people that talk about productivity some of the best shows out there are by content creators and i think that one of the challenges you get is a content creator or an academic with the flexibility of an academic is a lot different to somebody that is playing in a corporate world that has a different set of expectations on your time and on your energy and your attention. And that's what our goal out of this is, is to 
add to these already excellent podcasts out there with a slightly different perspective for those of you like us that do have to do a jobby job. So, um, Cal Newport is great. If you haven't listened to it, I do recommend it. He's actually, you know, really humorous as well. Uh, he's got a great personality. So mm-hmm. good show. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Then, uh, next on the list is for both of us is the productivity show. Mm-hmm. That is a bit of a hit or miss for me. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It, it's a Monday release there. There's a lot of upselling to their they're a company that sells courses for productivity mm-hmm. and they have a particular way of doing things. doesn't always jive with me, but I think there's usually I can listen to their sort of half hour to an hour show and come away with one or two clarifications or ideas. Uh, you know, they Yeah. I mean, I think for me, I find myself shouting at that show quite a lot. Um, shut up, uh, being, being what I mostly say. Because that there is a tendency I find, and I don't mean this in any mean spirited way, but I find to bring a guest on and then not let the guest speak, mm. um, and sort of tell the guest what the guest is about to say, which I just find really odd. Like, <laughs> why would you bother having the guest on? <laughs> um, but as you say, there are also some pearls of wisdom in there, and you know the production value is very good. Uh, it's regular. It turns up, uh, and those things are important. Uh, and I, I would suggest take a look at, your t- look at your titles and the show notes and say, is this something that I'm interested in? Some of them I'm interested in, some of them I'm aren't. And, uh, you know, the way to get back to podcast zero is axing the shows you don't want to listen to. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, number three on the list, uh, I think, well, I've titled it deep because I, oh. I subscribe to this one, particularly, um, I support it focused. Hmm. which um, that's one of your uh, relay uh, focus groups. Yeah. I, I, I recently um, I sort of expired at relay. So I had to, then I was on the old or well, the older model where you sort of, you know, threw some money at relay generally. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and they're encouraging people to sort of support individual shows now. And I've focused was one of the ones I feel I've been getting uh, the most out of recently, which is, which is odd because I really enjoyed it in its, it's earlier setup, if you like, which was, uh, David Sparks and Jason Snell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, independent, her free agents. That was free agent. Called. That's yeah. Um, that was when I started listening to it as well. Uh, Mike Schmidt, who came in around episode 50, uh, was on the productivity show. And I, I really enjoyed Mike on the productivity show and was really pleased that him and David went on to focused. Yeah. I mean, Mike is, um, he's uh, a very measured individual. Um, very deep thinker, I think. Mm-hmm. And it, it, for me, he took a, it took a bit of warming to, I'll be honest, but, uh, he is also part of the sweet setup, which as I've mentioned a couple of times, I'm, you know, I'm taking a course with the sweet setup. So I'm, I'm doing some work with, uh, with all the guys there. And, um, yeah, I, I really like, I really like the way he approaches things. Uh, he, he does focus. <laughs> um, and I think, a lot of his work, if you haven't looked at his work on the suite setup, I recommend you do. There's some really good pieces there. Yeah, he goes quite deep as well, so very good. Uh, the focused episodes, they do some topic episodes. They do some guest episodes, and I tend to find the guest episodes not always something that jives with me. I'm not sure what your thoughts are on those. Uh, uh, depends on the guest, I guess. Um, you know, there's 
there's a real skill to interviewing, uh, which is very different from the skill of having a, a co-host mm-hmm. that you converse with. And I'm not sure necessarily that that a lot of the really, really good hosts and co-hosts on podcasts, I'm not sure they've they've tweaked to the fact that interviewing is a completely different skill. Mike Hurley, for example, who I can sometimes annoy me as a host, is a very good interviewer. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the greatest of respect to David Sparks, who I think is one of the, the my favorite one of my favorite podcasters, I don't think he's a very good interviewer. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, I just uh, sometimes uh, the topic doesn't really get to me what they're bringing to it, but you know, hey, uh, I, the delete is very simple. But subscribe to subscribe to them. If it doesn't grab your fancy, listen to five minutes. Delete. There's always something else. Absolutely. I'm curious. You've got three that I haven't heard of here. Yeah, well, I mean, two of these um, are, you know, well, they're very close to us. You know, homework um, is two guys talking about productivity um, who have jobby jobs. So hmm. uh, in, in that respect, very similar to, to us. Uh, one of those guys is Harry, uh, Harry C. Marks. Oh, okay. Uh, um, and this was a podcast that I had no idea existed because it's a very old podcast that went away. And now ah. it's come back. Okay. I haven't seen Harry uh, promote it, so I'll have to check that out. Yeah, have a little listen. Uh, they're, they're nice, uh, nice episodes, very similar sort of uh, subject matter to the stuff we're talking about. Um, and um, I forget the name of his co host. Scotty, I think, or Scott. Scott ugh, I forget. Um, but nice. I've only recently started listening to it, and I really enjoy that. And then the second one is, um, well, obviously, it's got a Brit in it, so it must be good. Um, it's, it's the wonderful Rosemary Orchard, um, who, uh, you know, pops up on automators and, um, MPU occasionally. Yeah. She was on focus this week, I think, who is, oh, she's also a Nero's notes customer. So she's gotta be a, gotta be a good person. Of course. And fascinating the, the episode that I listened to, I think today or yesterday, yesterday on focus was about how she she recently sort of was scaling back her corporate jobby job to do more content creation. Hmm. And, and that was going really well. I mean, she, she was been appearing all, all over the internet. You can find her. Yeah. And the last couple of years, she's done a really good job of, uh, going from sort of, uh, a fan of MPU and working with David Sparks on some automation stuff to really just blossoming out into this great uh, public persona. Yeah, and she's a coder as well. I mean, she she knows her way around this world, and she has um, she's made the decision actually that she she really wants to go back to a jobby job. She wants to have the jobby job, I think, so that she can be more selective about what she does in the content creation world. She she doesn't want to be a content creator. She's, you know, everybody or sorry, many people dream of that sort of shifting away from the jobby job to the, to the side hustles and all that. And she, she did. And I think very successfully to her credit, uh, and it's gone, you know, I'm not worried about this. I'd, I'd, I'd rather have that sort of, you know, core central work thing, which I think is brilliant. It's lovely to hear that alternate sort of approach. So what does she talk about in nested folders? Oh, well, nested folders, as you might imagine, um, is, is, you know, the, the number 43 comes up now and again. Uh, it's, mm. it, it's built out of, um, get things done. And so there's, uh, for, for someone like yourself, there's a lot of OmniFocus focus, focus. <laughs> both her and her, her uh, co-host who I get is definitely called Scotty this time. Um, 
and he works for a large telecom in uh, well, Canada, US, I don't know which, US presumably, I'm not sure. Um, and yeah, they're both big OmniFocus users. And it's it's about the productivity from very much that sort of perspective. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of contexts and all that sort of stuff. If you like your David Allen, you're going to like that. Cool. The last one you've got listed, Rework. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are, are we stepping on the landmine we're talking? That was, uh, that was the Basecamp one, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it was in fact the base camp one and it did go on hiatus or it is on hiatus um, after the uh, the recent troubles, uh, which I suppose that the follow-up, I would say, I read something today that 57% of the staff have now gone, <sighs> which is like, wow, that's that's a big number. You're back in the trenches doing your coding at that point, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I, I also in uh, the mastermind that we mentioned the other day, a couple of my my sort of co co conspirators in the mastermind were. Can you can you give me five minutes on what happened at base camp? I'm like, um, five minutes now. <laughs> yeah, if we can go to ten, I might be able to do it. And so so you know, I tried to talk them through in in and as even handed a way as I could. But yeah, the podcast itself, uh, the few episodes that I managed to listen to before it sort of went away, really good, nice production value. Lovely, lovely woman who uh, leads the production of it, um, who's just, uh, she's got an infectious energy. It's lovely. Um, She sounds so natural. I do believe she's one of the 55%. Uh, Well, yeah, I I haven't sort of dived any deeper on that because I'm kind of thinking, I'm just going to leave that whole thing alone for a month and then I'm going to go back and have another look. Yeah, I was was really beginning to enjoy that, just hearing, uh, they got some really interesting people on uh, to talk about sort of a wide range of things of how tech works, how it can work, how it can really make things better. So there was a great episode on accessibility, for example, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> so I miss that and I hope it comes back or I hope, uh, I hope the, the hosts go off and do something wherever they've gone now. If they have, I don't know. I don't want to step on any landmines. Let's talk about something else. Yes. Have you ever listened to Bookworm? That's uh, Mike Schmidt and Joe Bulick. No. And uh, the reason is because I said to you, I, my initial feeling about Mike Schmidt was, um, yeah, I'm not sure I like you. Mm. Um, and that was enough to make me think, do you know what? I, I'm no, I'll leave bookworm. And I should listen to it because Mike has grown on me mm-hmm. and therefore I think I'm likely to, to enjoy book because, you know, books kind of my thing. Yeah. I think Mike, uh, really comes out in bookworm. That's where he kind of cut his teeth a little bit. Uh, so if, you know, um, he he's really developed as a podcaster. Uh, his his episodes are great. Him and Joe, they take a book and they read it and discuss it. Mm-hmm. And usually those books are in the productivity space. Really, really good podcast. I look at it as there's about uh, an hour and a half of here's what I'm going to like about a book or I'm not going to like about a book. Sure. And I will quite often wait for them to read a book and decide is that something i'm going to take that time to dig into myself i bought quite a few books because of it i've also had other books that i've read and listened to their point of view on it and that's a good way to kind of normalize okay if they think this way here's their triggers here's what i think that's a little different and i can sort of normalize my views against theirs and really understand if those books are worth anything for me to, to listen to or to read uh so it, it's it's a good little um a, a good little 
podcast if you're into productivity and you read a lot. And that certainly is me. Yeah, I'm definitely going to look that one out. I'm going to give that one uh, a few episodes and see what I think. <laughs> right. We do have to talk about stationary because, well, stationary adjacent. Indeed, stationary adjacent. And I don't think we're that, uh, that adjacent. Uh, do you want to lead off with uh, the ones that you can't leave behind? Uh, okay. So first podcast I ever listened to would be The Pen Addict. And I, I love Brad. We were at Nero's Notes. We worked with Brad for... Uh, a good few years until uh, he made the the decision that he couldn't really support international retail anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad, that was still the wrong decision. You still got plenty of time to reverse it. I know you listen, Brad. Come on, sort it <laughs> out. You've got to respect businesses. They they have to make decisions on on how best to work. And I'm hoping that the way that Nook has now evolved, I'm hoping that international sales might become a possibility soon. Particularly as as his co-host, uh, the <laughs> the illustrious Mike, uh, Mike Hurley, is now also in the stationery business. This is true. Producing his his, uh, his notebooks. So I really enjoy The Pen Addict. Um, it sort of got me back into my to my analog um, doings, as it were. Uh, Erasable, huge fan of Erasable. I support them. Um, yeah, three excellent guys. Yeah, just three three lovely fellas. Um, I I. Yeah, a lot of time for all of them. Uh, TJ is a huge Andy Welfley fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think there's a little bit of you know, I think there's a little bit of love there. I think TJ is secretly in love with Andy. All right, I'll, I'll tell you something. Andy gives the best hugs. Wait, did you know TJ said that too? Because um, they <laughs> they met up in in London and just sort of went. I think they went to a bookshop and went for a coffee, and you know, before they knew what happened, two hours had passed, and they you know dived into the world of pencils because believe me uh, if there's anyone on this planet who knows as much about pencils as, as the three guys at erasable it's probably tj um <laughs> he designed their logo <laughs> he's he's been a listener since you know before they were recording it i think um so yeah really enjoy those guys rsvp really enjoyed i uh, listened to an episode just today with uh les and dave I suppose a little like we're trying to do, sort of take that that academic interest, that esoteric interest, but bring it back to the real world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Uh, I, I enjoy listening to those as well. They've got such a unique take on things. And their podcast is not just about the tools. It's also about themselves and how they use the tools. And I really enjoy that. Yeah. That deeper dive into the people behind it. You know, that's really cool. Yeah. I, I agree. I think it's a great little podcast. And Take Note, I, I really enjoy as well, which is, uh, you know, it's a bit quirky, <laughs> um, <laughs> at, at times mystifying to me because I suppose I miss a lot of the cultural reference. Um, but at other times, um, you know, really, really funny. So I enjoy that. <laughs> Those are my big four. Yeah. What else have I got that I listen to? Uh, 1857. Uh, you might have heard of that one, Stu. No. Uh, who would name a podcast after a number? Ridiculous. Uh, yes, uh, I'm not even going to ask you what that means, but that's a whole different story. Uh, that is uh, TJ and Stu's other podcast, which is uh, talks about uh, stationery and uh, pretty much everything, actually. Uh, the first half of it is stationery. Uh, what, what are your segments that you run? Yeah, what people are writing, or what each of us is writing with and in, what we're watching, uh, what we're listening to, what we're drinking, what we're buying. 
And then parish notices. So, um, you know, that can be pretty much anything that's happening in our world. We then have a topic that we discuss, which there's a list, but are very often, um, much like this podcast, actually, very often TJ comes up with something and just like Justin comes up with it for this one. And I think if, if there's a secret to 1857, it's that there's that slight sort of generational gap between TJ and I, where uh, he throws references at me that go flying over my head. And I throw references at him that he's got no idea what I'm talking about. It's just, um, it's quite funny at times, but, uh, I, we, we threw that together. Simply, it was a conversation to say, uh, you know, should we maybe have a chat about stationery? We didn't, we didn't know each other very well. We'd never met. Um, TJ had done some videos for Nero's Notes, which at the time was called Pocket Notebooks, and was this, you know, eager and exciting content creator or video creator. He was very much a video guy at university in the UK. And that's kind of where we started. <laughs> Uh, and well, we've been going whew, a long time now, long time, three years. Yeah. What's that? Three, three years, three and a half years, maybe. Yeah. It's getting that way. Yeah. We've just done show 170 something. So. I've been a listener since the beginning on that one. Really enjoy it. Good conversation. Great group of people over there too. So yeah, if you haven't got that it comes out Monday mornings, that is part of my Monday morning routine. That's very kind of you to say so. Thank you. Do you listen to the nib section from Fountain Pens Oceania down in Australia? Uh, I have done. Um, once or twice, I sort of drifted in and drifted out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a few sort of um, podcasts that have lapsed in the stationary world. Not not from me, but just people have stopped doing them. Yeah. Um, and I think the nib section is one of those that just fell off my feed. Yeah, they didn't do it for a while last year, and then it's back. Um Diana, if you happen to be listening to this, I'd love to do your audio. Uh, that's the one challenge I have with that. Sometimes their audio could use a little bit of a, a bump and a little bit of editing. I love it. They've got a really group, a dynamic group. So different people come in and out of the conversation, but the differences in culture between stationary culture of what we use out here versus what they use over there is really neat to see, you know, we're very much into different styles of pens and what's available there into a lot of the Japanese pens and, you know, things like, uh, ST DuPont, which is almost not talked about in North America and per- perhaps in England, but, uh, definitely it's a, it's a much bigger thing in, in Australia. Sure. I love having a different viewpoint and, uh, put that on. Uh, it's, it's a great one background to listen to. The other one I listen to regularly is Anderson Penn's podcast. That is a rundown from Anderson Penn's. Uh, usually they do it once a week. It kind of had some fade in and out. They're really talking about their uh, new releases. It's a bit of a sales tool for them, mm-hmm. but it's a great idea to keep what's coming up in the market without me having to spend hours on Instagram. That's about a half hour a day. They're a married couple. So the bickering on a podcast is always entertaining. Fantastic. That sounds like my sort of thing. I mean, the, the ones that, you know, I'm sort of referring to that dropped off. I mean, I don't know if you know them. Fountain Pen Companion. Have you heard that one? Yeah, there's only so much I can listen to in a week. I get, if I, if I have too many in my feed that mm-hmm. I don't listen to, I get antsy. Yeah, you know, I'm, exa- I'm exactly the same. So Art Supply Posse is another one. Uh, two Guys, Zero Planners. 
I think, you know, with some of them, I couldn't tell you if they're still in my feed or not because they go on hiatus <laughs> and I'm not sure whether I've, I've stopped listening or whether they've just stopped happening. Yeah. I must check that out. Uh, art supply policy is a really good one. Um, I drop in and out of that one, but, uh, that is really when I have extra time, as you can tell from my list, it's pretty, pretty packed full already. And, uh, you know, that, that is a good one. If you have time and if you're a little bit art artistic and you like to have different voices they have interviews from people throughout the world and it's a really great podcast as well cool all right we could go on forever Stu, and i'm just looking at the time uh, well indeed yeah it's, uh, we listen to a lot of podcasts should we list off uh really quickly some of the other ones that we're listening to yeah i think so i mean i think we have to get into what, what have we i'm just checking my list it's other where we're really in now so um from the from the Hurley Hackett stable, we've got Analog, Cortex, Thoroughly Considered, Reconcilable Differences. Wrecked FCS, definitely. Um, those, those are all good shows. Those are all worth listening to, I would say. Folks, definitely grab one of those. Um, I've got to mention, oh, we've put it in the wrong place, uh, Dapper Notes for a stationary podcast. Mm. Um, yes. Those are very short eps. Uh, it's the story of each edition uh, that Enon does. Uh, if you don't know what Enon does, then uh, shame on you. Get yourself to dappernotes.com. They are the best notebooks in the world. They are gorgeous, beautiful, wonderful, lovely things. Is he recording again? I'll have to go back and take a look here. He's one of those that dropped off my feed. Yeah, no, I, as far as I know, he's he's dropped off. He's not doing anything, but he'll be back. Good. I know Enon, he'll, he'll come back. Um, what else? Oh, one that I think, have you listened to The Missing Crypto Queen? No, no, I stay away from crypto. Oh, no, no, no. Listen to the missing crypto queen. It's by the BBC and it's, it's an investigation. Oh, interesting. And yeah, it it is, but it's not finished. And if you need to listen to it to understand why it isn't finished, but listen to it. It's fabulous. Mm. Production values are awesome and it's just compelling, but it's, I've just sent you down a rabbit hole. I do apologize, but you will thank me for it in the end. All right. Excellent. I'll take a look. And the other one, I would say, if, if you're that way uh, inclined, Into the Grey Zone, Grey Warfare. I'm, I'm guessing you may have heard of that. That's It's by Sky News, um, and it's about things like, uh, shall we say, foreign actors trying to influence elections. Oh, How about that? that? That would be an episode. Very serious stuff. Yeah, and it's how um, Russia is, is leading the world in, in that type of operation. And it interviews a lot of, you know, senior people in what you might call allied intelligence who are sort of waving flags going, guys, pay attention. We're at war and you, you lot haven't noticed. Uh, so it's again, really interesting, but perhaps not uplifting <laughs> would be the one thing I would say. Thanks for the warning. That is not our Friday afternoon uh, before <laughs> you start the weekend left uh, read. And here's another one you might enjoy. E-E-E-C-S podcast. That is TJ Cosgrove's secret podcast. Really? Not secret anymore, obviously. Eeks? No, it's one he does for his jobby job. Ah, okay. Uh, so he's um, he's he's in the, it's not producing at the moment, but there's a few apps out there. He's, he's sort of in the hot seat uh, to start with, and he's gradually sort of just pushing himself into the background. But it's loads of really interesting people <laughs> from from the university at which he works. Cool. I'll have to take a listen to that one too. All right, now let's have a look into the uh, into the 
the just in list what do we got in here that's gonna so there's there's two that are that haven't been mentioned that i'd uh, recommend have you ever read Mal- malcolm gladwell uh no um i've okay. seen i've come across him on twitter and i'm aware who he is but i've never read his stuff uh, his stuff is a really interesting sort of deeper dive with a twist on it you know he's got a point and he's using history to kind of illustrate that um just thought provoking uh, not particularly world changing but very thought provoking his books are excellent uh, they're mm-hmm. they're quite a hit in north america he has developed a podcast network uh, revisionist history is his big one uh he also produces that in the podcast network does cautionary tales with tim harford who is an english data scientist who does a a very similar type of thing he takes a a deep dive on certain things and kind of pulls them apart and makes you look at things just a little bit differently uh tim harford just released a book that i read uh, called the data detective which are 10 rules for looking at statistics and sort of the questions that you need to ask yourself about it very very thought-provoking both highly produced excellent storytelling very approachable uh, so I recommend those okay. as a sound guy, 20,000 Hertz. That is a, an audio studio out of the U S that talks about how sounds are made and gets into a deep dives. They did the opening to THX a while back and they'll go through things from ASMR to, you know, just even sounds that you hear in nature uh, and they do a real deep dive and produce a story out of that. So I definitely recommend that a new one that I'm listening to that just came up. I think it's three or four episodes out, uh, renegades born in the USA, mm. two very unlikely people sitting down, having a, an open conversation, Barack Obama, uh, ex-president of the United States and Bruce Springsteen. Uh, apparently at the beginning of the last one, you hear them go out and take, uh, Bruce's classic Corvette for a ride and absolutely freak out the secret service that's supposed to be protecting Obama. And it's, it's very open. The language is, uh, not very presidential in some ways. And I love it. It's, it's really looking at who those people are. I have to say when, when the show note came through, I saw that and immediately subscribed. Those, those are two people to whom I would like to listen. Yeah. Their conversations are just very, very open and honest. Obviously they've got a friendship. They developed a friendship and it really comes through. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a kind of a weird one. Not at all what I would listen to, but the, the combination of those, uh, just got me excited. There's uh, kind of a, in my tech one flashback, Stephen Hackett and Quinn Nelson talk about failed tech projects. So they go into weird things like the, the old Palm pilots, uh, the micro, the Microsoft Zune, mm-hmm. um, the different, um, computers that were around and failed spectacularly. They haven't yet talked about, uh, Apple's charging mat, but that's, uh, I'm sure coming. Oh, that never failed. That just never materialized. It never arrived. Really, really approachable, um, lighthearted fun, you know, and it's really funny because, uh, I guess there's a age difference between Stephen Hackett and Quinn Nelson with Quinn Nelson been the young one. And I look at Stephen Hackett as he's the young one. So I, I feel, I feel like granddad in that conversation, but yeah, they recently did a, a, a member special 
uh, the two of them. And I, I, I heard that dynamic and thought, what does that make me? <laughs> exactly. Uh, but you know, it's, it's an enjoyable one and, and they certainly do, uh, you know, for someone that was around when these things were happening, I really enjoy the conversation and the trip down memory lane for that one. For sure. For- and I think that's it for my major ones. Yeah, I mean, I think we skated over a load because we both clearly quite into our podcast. And I suppose I, w- I would give a mention to direct diffs and uh, the other one that I listen to that I don't think you do, Back to Work, which is Merlin Mann with Dan somebody or other. Oh dear, I've forgotten his name. Is that Dan Moore? No. No, okay. no, no, it's a, it's, it's a joke in every episode. I might have to actually pull up my phone. Um, and then Syracuse and Merlin Mann in Rectifs. Um, I'm not sure, I'm not sure that everybody would, would understand it, but it makes me cry with laughter. If you were a certain age, um, the conversations they have, they're, they're so dry and they're, funny but they're not necessarily meant to be funny but uh, as a as a, a guy you know i think merlin's a couple of years older than me syracuse is a couple of years younger than me but the conversations that they have as far as having a family and all the challenges of life uh, john's toenail we won't talk about that <laughs> yeah let's not go there um dan benjamin is on back to work I would be remiss if I did not plug one more podcast that I do know about a little one called writer interrupted. <gasps> yeah, but they can't get to it. That, well, but how could they get to it, Stu? Well, if, if they feel that way inclined, they could in fact become a member at stuartlennon.com. And the last time I checked, it's a humongous sum of money. I mean, it's enormous. Um, I think it's, uh, what is it? It's three, three, pounds a month which is about five bucks or 24 pounds for the year which is and for that you get access to the the subscriber only post so every week I'm, i'm currently publishing a novel week by week so first draft goes up and mostly people are nice to me but not always. <laughs> and it's about my uh, my walking the Camino de Santiago. Uh, it's quite funny in places. You might like it. So you get access to all of that. You get access to a Slack channel where you can tell me all the mistakes I've made. So essentially, you're just an unpaid editor, really. And uh, I also record the posts uh, every week. And Justin very kindly edits them and makes them sound a lot better than they would do without it. Uh, which is a private podcast feed. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lovely way if uh, you don't have the time to read uh, all of the posts that come from different places. Uh, Stu also covers some of the other more public posts that he does. So it's a, it's about a 15, 20-minute episode uh, once a week. It's a great uh, episode. And, you know, Stu just has the voice for reading things and making you feel good. <laughs> and you get my accents. So yeah, I get the accent and he puts on his best accent for this as well. When, when we're doing the, uh, the walking through Spain, um, for reasons that I can't explain now, uh, most of the time we are speaking in a comedy French accent. So two British people, one of whom lives in Ireland, one who lives in Cyprus speaking in a French accent was the occasional Spanish extra. Hey, you want wine? It's crazy. It's mad. I've no idea how it happens, why it happens, but there you are. 
Yeah. Um, so uh, if you want to do that, uh, stuartlennon.com, I think, is a place to get access. That's it. Speaking of that, we know that you can find Stu on the internet at stuartlennon.com, uh, where you can also find Stu at nerosnotes.co. Dot UK, a great selection of wonderful notebooks and pencils, pens, pretty much everything you need for your stationary journey. We're trying to get there. You can find Justin at justintwyford.com or his writing on all things stationary at writeexperience.com. And naturally, you can find both of us at stationaryadjacent.com. And Justin is sitting there gobsmacked that I remembered to get the websites right. Did I get them right? You did. Uh, and stationary is with an E, but if you spell it with an A, this goes back to our conversation about how many domains we have for each one. <laughs> Both will get you to the same place. Every possible misspell. <laughs> Fantastic. If you like what we do, please review us on your podcatcher of choice. And we really do appreciate your recommendations to your friends and colleagues that you think might actually get something out of the show. Uh, let us know what podcasts we haven't thought about, uh, because obviously Stu and I like podcasts just a little bit. Our next topic is going to be on collaboration tools and how we can replace email. This is an ongoing uh, theme that we'll probably come back to over the time as Sue and I try to figure this out for ourselves. For sure. Until then, goodbye and stay productive. Yes, us. <laughs>